150 years ago, there were very few things in the world that could compare to the size of a giant sequoia. Now we have skyscrapers, we have statues, like the Statue of Liberty, you know, so our sense of what is truly immense has changed over time. But I think that even though we have this exaggerated sense of what constitutes the large or the magnificent or the vast, when you're in the presence of a giant sequoia, I think that we adjust ourselves to its scale, and once we make that adjustment, we're, we you can easily be overwhelmed by it. I mean, it's not just that there's one, there's a forest of them, you know, so it's pretty, it's pretty impressive. It's rare for a sequoia to be 300 feet tall. They're usually not quite as tall as a football field is long, but they can easily be 20 to 30 feet in diameter at ground level. As you get close to these trees, it's amazing how large and impressive they truly are. These trees are thousands of years old, whether they're closer to one or two or 3,000 years of age. It's hard to wrap your mind around the time that these individual trees have been on the face of the earth. We've got a lot of precipitation. We've got deep glacial soils here. We've got the western aspect, which gives them a lot of warmth, but squeezes the clouds as they come off the Pacific Ocean. And it's just the perfect condition for growing the biggest trees in the world. There's people visiting this area from all over the world. And they come to the Mariposa Grove and they think all the trees are big. But when you come to a sequoia forest or a lot of areas throughout Yosemite National Park, you can be dwarfed by sugar pine trees, you can be dwarfed by ponderosa pine, and really large other species other than just giant sequoia trees. So this is certainly a big tree by anyone's measure. Not as big as the biggest sugar pines in the world, but in, in any setting a magnificent specimen. But just dwarfed when you look over your shoulder at the the giant sequoias here. So that magnificent sugar pine we were looking at, viewing it from here in the shadow of this giant sequoia, looks puny by comparison. In the 1860s, when early European Americans were exploring these groves, they had a hard time trying to explain to people back at camp or back at the cabins how big these trees were. The grizzly giant is in a neighborhood of 27 and a half feet in diameter. It's about 96 feet in circumference. You know, these trees are so large that tunnels were cut through them. So you'll find a lot of old photographs of early stage coaches, horse-drawn stages, whole troops of cavalry lined up on fallen trees just to try to showcase their mammoth size. You know, it's kind of ironic that probably the most photographed tree throughout all the time that Yosemite's been a tourist attraction has been the now fallen Wawona Tunnel Tree. Wawona Tunnel Tree, the most photographed tree on the globe. It was cut to accommodate the height of a stagecoach. The tree that you can drive through, there were a lot of photographs of that tree. It became part of popular culture. And some people probably even disbelieve, is there really a tree that you can drive through? Is there a tree so big that you can put a road through it? Nah, I don't believe that. You're gonna have to show me that. I think that had a lot to do with it, the fact that the car itself became a ruler, became a means of measuring. And something bigger than your car is pretty good size. For many people, a highlight to their trip to Yosemite National Park would be driving through a living tree and this is what's become of that tree. The hole was originally cut back in 1881 and it stood fine in, in all its glory until the winter of 1968-69 
when a severe snowstorm brought it down. One of the things about giant sequoia and their mortality is that usually it's caused by a wind in the wintertime and heavy burden of snow. They can also be caused by human beings, just felling them for their own individual or collective reasons. Back in the 1860s, when groves were being explored and discovered throughout a lot of California, people had very different views of these big trees. Some people looked up at these mammoth trees and were in awe. Other people looked up at these big trees and saw board feet and dollar signs. That's part of the conflict and the dynamic that has always existed in regard to these trees in our culture. You know, what are they good for? You know, are they good for the heart or are they good for the pocketbook? It amazes me that in the midst of our country's civil war back in 1864, when nobody honestly knew what the future of America was destined to be, Congress discussed whether or not the Yosemite Valley and this grove of giant sequoia trees, the Mariposa Grove of giant sequoias, should be protected for all time. That idea of preserving a grove of big trees so they wouldn't be cut down by lumberjacks, so they wouldn't be harmed by humans, was the first idea of its kind that later led to the larger expansion of national parks in the western part of the United States. The idea of national parks is wrapped up in the roots of these big trees. You can't talk about national parks without talking about trees. You can't talk about being a ranger without talking. I mean, that's a giant sequoia that's right here. It's even in who we are as an agency. When people protected these trees, yes, they were protecting this unique ancient species, but they were literally protecting this tree. The fact that it's been standing here for hundreds of years, that when people come and visit this grove in another hundred years, hopefully this same tree will be what they're standing by and it'll be even larger than what we see today. Many people describe when they find themselves in a sequoia forest that it's like entering a cathedral and people begin to automatically talk in hushed tones. And there's just something about being in the presence of giant sequoias that seems to be contagious for many people. Maybe it's good to have something out there that dwarfs us, that's alive, that makes us realize that our concerns and our problems are really petty, are very small, and they're not really as big a problem as we think. I think that's the value of national parks to some degree, and the living extension of that are the giant sequoia, that we can be in their shade and feel that our problems are small.